When I was a child, all the adults I knew had been affected by the Great Depression years and the war years with its scarcity. They would tell us that they had to walk 10 miles to school every day uphill both ways with nothing but a brown sugar and lard sandwich for lunch. Lard and brown sugar sandwiches. We had them sometimes for, uh, we got them sometimes for lunch. I can give you the recipe if you like. One pound of lard, two cups of brown sugar, dark brown sugar, two slices of bread. The taste is indescribable, but disgusting comes pretty close. When we lacked an attitude of gratitude for things like this, it often provoked the remark, sharper than a serpent's tooth is a thankless child. It's a line from Shakespeare's King Lear, though I doubt, the adult, I, though I doubt that the adults who used that little quote actually knew its source. It comes from when, I, as I said, King Lear, where Lear complains that his thankless daughter, Goneril, causes him more pain than a snake bite. This Sunday, it's the Lord who feels the bite of the serpent's tooth of ingratitude when he heals ten lepers, and only one of them returns to say thank you. When Jesus asks the question, but where are the other nine, we can get a hint of the sting that underlies the question. It's not just the ingratitude of the other nine, but also the fact that the one who does come back is a Samaritan. G.K. Chesterton said, we either take things for granted or we take them with gratitude. In Jesus' day, nobody took leprosy for granted. There's a brief phrase at, in the beginning of the passage that opens a window to the plight of lepers in the ancient world. Luke says that they stood at a distance from him and raised their voices. Standing at a distance was not a measure of respect, but of fear. The Torah forbids them to come any closer. You can read all about it in Leviticus 13 and 14, chapters that deal with leprosy and skin diseases. In all, 114 verses of mind-numbing detail that have the narrative appeal of the federal tax code. And for all of its detailed prescriptions, what is striking about Leviticus is that the law could do nothing to help a leper. All it could do was protect the rest of the community from them. Lepers must dwell apart, live outside towns. They must announce their presence by crying, unclean, unclean. They're not allowed to into the temple. They, there is a prescriptive way of saying lepers were only allowed to associate with other lepers, and their exclusion from the rest of the society was symbolized by the way they dressed. They wore torn clothes and let their hair grow long. Well, lots of people dress like that today, but in the ancient world, it was not a fashion statement, but a sign of mourning. In effect, the law consigned lepers to a twilight zone between life and death. Like zombies, they were among the living dead. The rabbis even taught that it was harder to heal a leper than it was to raise the dead. 
So why do lepers become the focus of such phobic reaction in ancient times? Not merely because of fear of contagion, because that concept was virtually unknown. It was a fear of theological contagion. The Old Testament considered lepers, or rather leprosy, as a judgment for sin. Every leper mentioned in the Old Testament, with the exception of Naaman, who gets first billing in the first reading today, uh, and who, by the way, was a pagan, so he doesn't count because pagans are worse than lepers. Every leper in the Old Testament is afflicted with the disease, uh, this disease for some transgression against God. Miriam, Joab, Gehazi, King Uzziah, lepers were excluded from the community not merely out of fear of physical contamination, but also out of fear that they would morally infect the righteous. With that as a background, jump ahead now to Luke's Gospel, and you begin to see the makings of some scandalous attitudes and behavior of this Galilean rabbi. Even the act of paying attention to these ten lepers opens Jesus up to, the, to scrutiny and criticism. Birds of a feather flock together. The gossip going around must have been that Jesus befriends misfits and sinners because he is one himself, and that a hated Samaritan is the only one to return to give thanks to Jesus is adding salt to the wound. Luke is doing more here than teaching us a first-century primer on polite behavior. Lesson number 12, always show gratitude appropriate in appropriate measure for the gift received. Luke is teaching us a Christology. He's telling us who Jesus really is. He's saying that this scandalous behavior of our strange and mysterious God who has intense compassion for the outcast, for those who are seen to be suffering because of sin, for the weak, the despised, who live outside the bounds of polite society. So much so, in fact, that he chooses even to die as one of their number. Good Friday is the day that teaches us all everything we need to know about our God. And here's the real scandal. Not only that God would die, but that he would die a shameful death as a condemned criminal, as a condemned criminal on the cross. This is conduct unbecoming of a divinity. It explains why Christians were the laughingstock of the Roman world. Their gods may have misbehaved in scandalous ways, but none of them got themselves crucified like common criminals. This is the point where we can start to connect the dots, not just between the readings and the liturgy, but between the liturgy, the church, and our lives in the world outside these walls. Of course, the gospel calls us to embrace in some way the sufferings of others, but the dots I want to connect are the ones that take us back to Christmas and, fo uh, and forward to Easter. Uh, because whatever the Samaritan leper and his friends may be, they are an image of you and I. And just as Christ is not afraid to associate himself with those lepers in their isolation and shame, so he does not hesitate to associate himself with us in our brokenness and sin. He does this whenever we celebrate the Eucharist, our act of thanksgiving for the salvation that he won for us.
and in his death and resurrection.